Hello, everyone. First of all, I'd love to thank you for tuning in to the Integrative Thoughts podcast. I am your host, Matt Kaufman. And through this platform, I plan on seeking out guests that interest me, that I am curious about, and overall just living a more meaningful, purposeful life in hopes that you as listeners and I myself can grasp onto a little bit of their knowledge and integrate that into our daily lives. If you are a longtime listener to the Integrative Thoughts podcast, you know how often I stress the importance of detoxification. I believe that heavy metals such as mercury and aluminum, along with environmental pollutants like mold, plastics, and pesticides, are at the root cause of every dysfunction and chronic illness in the modern era. That's why I recommend ZeoCharge. ZeoCharge is 100% natural zeolite that does not contain any fillers, binders, or additives. ZeoCharge has not been shown to bind to any of your beneficial minerals or other nutrients. I take two tablespoons of ZeoCharge with filtered water every single day about an hour after breakfast. It is my go-to for detoxification support that I believe can assist any and every healing protocol on the market. If you would like to try out ZeoCharge, go to the link in my show notes and use code ITP for 10% off your entire order. So listen, I've been experimenting with different types of minerals, especially magnesium, for the past five to six years. But I could never really find a product that I could feel the benefits that magnesium claimed to give. Magnesium is one of the most important minerals for all of human health. It participates in over 600 different biochemical reactions in the body, yet over 80% of the population is deficient. Magnesium deficiency can increase risk for all disease and greatly decrease optimal performance. That's why I like Bioptimizers. They use all seven forms of magnesium in a highly bioavailable form in their product Magnesium Breakthrough. Magnesium helps with stress, anxiety, sleep, immune function, detoxification, and so much more. If you want to try out this product, head over to Bioptimizers and use code INTEGRATIVETHOUGHTS10 to receive a 10% discount on their amazing product, Mag Breakthrough. Today's guest is Nico Zabalza. He is the founder of my favorite Sheila G company, Black Lotus Sheila G. Now, you may have heard of Sheila G in the recent years because it's kind of blowing up in the health sphere. A lot of people are taking it and getting a lot of good benefits and for good reason. And the reason a lot of people like it is because it's an all-natural compound. It is created by nature, usually up somewhere within the mountains over time. Uh, creates this little black oozy-looking tar that can also be pressed into tablets. But what it is, it's an 84-carbon-bonded ionic minerals that are really easily assimilated within the body. And I believe they can have like a mineral balancing effect and the extra minerals can be eliminated. So I really like this for people who don't really want to do an HDMA or do a real mineral balancing protocol because I think we are all mineral deficient and this works really well. And I think that's why Sheila G has blown up in the recent years. One thing I like it for is kind of like a nootropic or a mood boosting effect that I feel when I take it. It has a little bit of... Uh, action that works on the dopaminergic systems and also decreases serotonin. So when I take that with my coffee in the morning, I kind of get this boost of mental clarity and it allows me to get a few hours of work done seamlessly. One thing you want to be aware of is that since Shilaji is able to grab onto toxins within the body and eliminate them, it also has that effect within the environment that it's grown. So you want to make sure that the purity is there. And Black Lotus Shilaji 
batch test every single order that they get in and they put all of the results on the website. So very, very transparent. That's the number one thing that I recommend when people are getting into Sheila G is look for the purity. You'll be able to tell by this show that Nico really knows his knowledge all about Sheila G, the purity is there. They take very, very good care of how they do it. They're still hand packaging this stuff. How amazing is that? So if you want to try some of this Black Lotus Sheila G, use my code Kaufman, that's C-L-F-F-M-A-N, my last name, and then the number 15. Kaufman 15 will get you 15% off everything over at Black Lotus Sheila G. Nico, welcome to the show. Well, do you go by Nico or do you go by your full name? Nico, yeah. Yeah, I thought so. Okay, cool. How you doing? Doing excellent, man. Happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, man. I'm uh, super excited. I've never talked about Sheila Jeet or anything on my product list. I know a lot of people um, really into Sheila G, and there's a lot of like a little bit of nuance and there's, you know, um, manufacturing issues and tox- toxicity issues and things that we can dive into for sure. But before we get into the Sheila G, why don't you tell us kind of like your background and how you got even involved in uh, supplement company and everything. Yeah, totally. Um, well, it's been about 10 years since I got into health and kind of biohacking, eating organic. And I went to the health food store so much, I ended up getting a job there when I was going to school. And then I switched my uh, major to alternative medicine. I studied herbalism th- throughout that time. And then I started my own company selling like local homemade tinctures and I also sold fruit trees and different things and yeah then the Sheila Jeet was always kind of in my field I had been taking it for about seven years and I had gotten a powder a long time ago from Sun Foods as a sample from the health food store and didn't think much of it I thought it was super interesting that's why I picked that one for the sample and then my good friend who also worked with me at the health food store and known him since high school. We got into eating organic together and into health together. He's my business partner. So we do the Shilaji together. And he recommended to me the resin because um, one of my friends was very ill and uh, we were trying different things from her herbalist, but it wasn't working out. So uh, she tried the resin and she got better in about a week. And I just incorporated that into my current business and it went so well. We sold it really fast. People were really interested in it. So we created its own company and, you know, we had kind of a background in the health food store industry since we worked there. So we knew kind of how things worked and um, slowly but surely we went from going to farmer's markets and local events to now we're in 250 stores and we're selling on Amazon and on our website. And yeah, Sheila G is booming. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, I didn't realize you were in that many stores. Uh, that, that's pretty great. I seen like some posts on your Instagram of like you being in some stores. I didn't realize it kind of blew up, blew up that major. Good for you. Yeah. In the past couple months, um, we've gotten into probably most of those stores <laughs> <laughs> is that yeah. uh take take 10 years to be overnight success type of deal right a hundred percent yeah we <laughs> we set the groundwork and then we got some reps and now we're just trying to manage manage keeping up with the demand and yeah slowly but surely growing 
Yeah, that's cool. Um, so when you got into biohacking, uh, what were you trying to see your sunlight and, uh, behind you, what kind of stuff really moved the needle for you as far as just like biohacking? Uh, at first it was mainly, um, everything natural. I didn't get into like devices or anything. I hadn't heard of red light till just a few years ago. Um, I did do like the cold baths and sauna. I love just going to the ocean, swimming in the ocean, grounding in the ocean, sitting in the sun, uh, doing calisthenics and grounding, um, drinking spring water and yeah, taking care of myself mentally, spiritually, physically. It was a complete 180 to how I was. I actually lost like over a hundred pounds. Um, I was very overweight in the first year of college and I needed a change, so I kind of just dove in, and in six months, I lost over a hundred pounds. In six months, yeah, that's insane. So, were you? Uh, let's dive into that for a minute. That's pretty crazy. Um, were you kind of just like pretty normal, like eating standard American diet? Didn't know much about supplements until you started at the health food store, or what? Yeah, yeah. Um, there, I got into it because my my business partner's mom she's from a small village in poland and she always ate organic always got local grass-fed meat we didn't know what it meant anything about it there was no organic stuff in walmart you know like there was there was nothing there were only health food stores and like nothing organic at the regular store at that time and so it was all completely new to me like going in there was like going into a completely new unexplored territory and yeah, we just, we got into calisthenics and kind of, uh, intermittent fasting. Um, I was doing like a bentonite clay cleanse. I did a different cleanses that really worked. And yeah, I think my body was just ready to let that go. Cause I was very much in the standard diet, like had zero idea that, you know, when, when a box said like low fat, I thought that was healthy. You know what I mean? <laughs> and I was eating whatever, drinking a barbaric amount of beer and alcohol and, um, you know, going to McDonald's 3 a.m. Just like a regular college kid. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's hilarious. Um, yeah, it's crazy. Um, just pretty normal. I, luckily I kind of like in high school, I started like, I was, I was like powerlifting. So I was like counting protein and stuff in high school, but then I just still would eat like fast food and pizza and shit all the time. And you know, yeah. when I quit playing sports, I gained a bunch of weight too. Like my first year of college, I was up to like 250 when I was, I mean, I'm a thicker guy anyways. I'm normally like maybe 215 right now or 220, but I was up at like 250 and, but it was in like the first semester and it was just because I was drinking, I was eating at the food court, you know, whatever I could. And I kind of had to like cut out sodas and do things really fast too. And I, I lost it really fast because I, I love to work out, but it's crazy. Um, when you dropped all that weight, what did you feel like mentally? Uh, so much more clear, so much more clear in, in all ways. Um, felt very like confident and, you know, like I had achieved something and it was kind of like something I had always wanted and never understood or like, you know, you go, no one really even like a personal trainer doesn't really know. They just tell you to count the macros and figure it out. And that just didn't work for me. So when it clicked, it like really clicked and I just 
got obsessed and just started learning all about it. Yeah. Where were you living at when you uh, found a health food store? Because it seems like they're kind of a little bit more uh, prevalent now, but like where I was from, you there were, there really was not even a single health food store where I grew up or where I went to college. Yeah. I was in uh, Melbourne, Florida. So there was, hmm. there were a couple, one, the one that was near where I lived was called Paradise Health. And it was, there were three of them it was owned by one guy who was a local shop family business very wholesome (laughs) and yeah it was the only place around and he had gotten into it many years ago and started his own supplement company and had his radio talk show and yeah he kind of inspired me to become an entrepreneur in a lot of ways so i was like wow this guy just he was the manager at walgreens or something and then became a multimillionaire <laughs> yeah it's awesome when you increase that vitality through you know nowadays i feel like we do need the supplementation that we'll get into just because of how toxic the environment is and how mineral depleted everything is um, but once you kind of switch and get that vitality that's where i think a lot of people are actually lacking they don't realize how they would feel mentally clear more driven more creative and when you're just filling your body with trash and seed oils and fast food and alcohol. You're kind of just like walking around in like a haze. I know I, you know, I party was addicted to drugs and alcohol, like a lot through my twenties, kind of till I was older, maybe like 28, 29. And then like, once I moved to Florida and got sober and, you know, I always kind of tried to eat clean, but you really can't when you're drinking because you'll start eating bar food and shit at like 2am, but, or, you know, or Taco Bell or something, even if you've been eating clean all day. And, um, you know, and then I started just realizing like how mentally clear and like once I had given up the drugs and alcohol for like four or five months, I was like, wow, I was just walking around with like a cloud over my head. There's no way you could really be successful and achieve anything and answer emails and shit all day, like living like that. Yeah, definitely. It's definitely gotten me here to, to, like, yeah. be, to be able to even think that I could do something like this on, you know on that level and yeah most people don't have the energy don't have the willpower to like get home from work and just not lay and watch tv and i've been there and that sucks and (laughs) it's not easy at all to like get out of that cycle and yeah congrats on you know staying clean and switching that up because it was it was hard for me too but i just got something like switched in my head and i was like i cannot be doing that (laughs) Yeah, I was like, I mean, I drove, you know, I ran the car till the wheels fell off pretty much. I was a little bit older than you, but, you know, at, there, at some point it just didn't seem fun anymore. I felt super tired. It was like almost depressing. Like my brain fog was so severe. I was just like, I got to get out of this loop. And some people, even if they don't do the drugs and alcohol, just the shitty food and the job they hate, then they might have a kid or two on top. And I think it just ends up being yeah. a struggle. They look for convenient stuff and, they don't realize that like every little bite of food just becomes some part of your, you know, cellular function, whether that's for better or worse. And then that just leads to, you know, more stress on the body. And then your stress, you take it out on the kids and, you know, you're less likely to leave that job you hate because you're just like in caught in a cycle. And that's where I like try to tell people like supplementation is good. It can make you feel better, you know, get your brain a little bit more clear. And I think we need it in the modern world. 
especially something like Shilaji, which we're going to get into. Um, what is Shilaji actually? Yeah, so Shilaji is a mineral pitch exodite, exodute, <laughs> that comes from some of the tallest mountains in the world. I think the scientific name is asphaltum. And it is essentially a composted, compacted material that was on top of the crust. So all of the sediment, minerals, fossils, seawater, organic matter, trees, mycelium, they got crushed underneath the earth as the mountains formed. And that went through several different chemical geothermal processes that got it to its final form of shilajit and then the pressure from the weight of the mountain forces it up through the cracks inside and then it starts kind of building pressure on top and then during the summer months it you know heats up because it's always frozen up there and then it expands and slices the rocks open and it starts oozing out of the cracks in the mountain or just within and yeah, it is full of antioxidants, minerals, amino acids, and rare compounds that were millions of years old. Yeah, if I'm not, it's, it dates back in Ayurveda quite a while. I think I read like 5,000 years. I think some people argue that it's like millions of years. And I don't know if this is true or not, but I think that they um, believe that they first observed like animals eating on it, right? I think yeah. if I'm not mistaken, it said monkeys were eating it and they were like, you know, climbing around. Like, and so they kind of were curious about why the animals were eating it and then they tried it and then they kind of like would use that to climb the mountains. Right. Is that correct? That is correct. They, um, yeah, the Himalayan villagers saw monkeys and goats climbing to the, you know, top certain areas to, to eat it. So they became curious and, you know, with that back then they would try things and the herbal practitioners, the Ayurvedic practitioners would be able to taste it and kind of feel energetically what it's doing in the body. And then they incorporate it into Ayurvedic medicine, Chinese medicine, all different like shamanic local um, healing practices throughout Siberia and Nepal and um, the Himalayas. And yeah, they they could tell that had that vitality and that power and they considered it a sacred um, sweat or byproduct of creation. And like in a spiritual sense, I see that. And also in, in a literal sense, it's, you know, a, sec a secretion of creation of mountains essentially. Um, and it kind of holds that ancient frequency, ancient power and, you know, the essence of, of what we are, of our building blocks and kind of what we're made of. Yeah, that makes total sense that it is supernatural and formed over a long time. And the fulvic acid in it is very important, if I'm not correct, right? You can kind of use, it uses that to help enhance the absorption of all of the um, carbon bonded ionic minerals contained in the substance that'll kind of help it enter into the cells, right? Yeah, yeah. The fulvic acid is kind of the the key component of shilajit. It's eighty percent by weight, around eighty percent. 
um, fulvic acid is the highest natural source on earth. Uh, it's impossible to recreate in a lab, so it can't be made synthetically. It's an extremely complex form of carbon that only the earth can produce essentially. And it's, you know, the fulvic acid supplements are 99% of them are extracted from soil or, or dirt. Uh, but the shilajit is, is naturally occurring. It has all the other constituents that are going to help you, you know, absorb the fulvic acid and kind of get the most use out of it as well. But what, what we found it to do is essentially dilate the cell walls and it has a very powerful ionic charge. So all the waste is, and, and, uh, even like heavy metals is drawn to it like a sponge and the minerals and nutrients are able to go in, inside the cell. So it kind of flushes things out like a sponge and it has such a powerful charge where you don't experience a lot of detox symptoms or any detox symptoms because it's not like free, freely going throughout your body. It's kind of binded and then it easily gets out. That's interesting. I didn't know that if you, so if you see fulvic acid anywhere, it's naturally created from the soil. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, yeah, cool. It's not possible to like to USP create it. Interesting. Um, with, uh, so there's, you don't, uh, know anybody who experiences any kind of detox reactions when they take Shilajit, which I had a lot of heavy metals actually in my brain. Obviously we talked off record about that, but, um, and when I took Shilajit, I didn't notice anything, honestly. Uh, I don't know if it was detoxing to the deep, deep levels, but I do think that it, um, definitely probably grabs anything that's circulating and does help with a detox for sure due to that carbon and the fact that it is able to kind of increase that cell permeability and kind of exchange what I, well, at least what I would think like the ionic mimicry type of idea where it's most likely going to exchange that mineral that it has for the metal. <clears throat> and is it the carbon bond that captures the uh, toxic components that are in your body? It's the ionic charge. So it's essentially, an, I believe, negatively charged in the waste or um, kind of oxidized cells or have a positive charged frequency or they're, yeah, I think the more negative the charge is, the more healthy and alive a cell is, the closer it gets to zero or positive, it's pretty much dead. And then once it's dead, it can become uh tumor or something like that by collecting other dead cells. Interesting. So are there different types of shilajit that contain like different um, makeups of minerals or are they all similar? I would imagine there's different regions that you can find them from. And also are there like some that you think are better than others? Yeah, there are different types of shilajit. I believe there's four kinds uh, the one we get is the one that's pitch black. It has the most mineral nutrition content. Um, it has the most iron. And I think it's called iron shilaji in, in Sanskrit. Um, there's also one we've gotten a sample of that's white shilaji, uh, which has a lot more calcium. And it's essentially like a rock powder. Like It's a rock that kind of turns to powder when you crush it. And that one they recommended to only take for a few weeks if you had a broken bone or something like that. It really helps mm. with joints and bones. 
Um, there is a reddish type of shilajit that has less minerals and more of some constituent. I can't remember, but the one, the shilajit that's like great as a super tonic is the one that we get, the iron, the pitch black shilajit. That you will find throughout the world in different places and it's all comparable to the point where it's essentially the same makeup. It might have slightly different sources, slightly different mineral content, slightly different fulvic acid, um, humic acid amounts, but it's all essentially the same product. Um, so that's the one that we have that has been studied and have found to have the most effects, the one they use in Ayurveda for, for the super tonic and um, to mix it with other things uh, to make them more bioavailable. Okay, cool. So the, the black stuff, which is what you see most people taking nowadays. I think I have never come across any buddy selling like the red or anything that looks white. Um, where is that? Where is your source from? We get ours from uh, Mongolia in the Altai Mountains in Siberia. Um, so right on the border of like Kazakhstan, Russia, Mongolia is the tallest region. And that's where it's also one of the purest places on the planet untouched since the last ice age. There's no chance of pollution. Um, and they process it with the local like glacier runoff spring water, um, in the lakes and, they sun dry it there and yeah, they've been gathering it there for generations. Cool. That makes a lot of sense. And I, I think if I'm not mistaken, most of the clean stuff does come from the, a Russian source of, of some sort. At least that's what I've picked up along the way. Yeah. The Himalayan Shilajit is very popular as well. We've found that at least the sources we've come across and tested have have more water, have more moisture. So they're kind of runny and they're not as dark. So they're kind of have this like reddish, it's not the red shilajit. It's still the black, but it's not as dark. Um, and it's usually processed with acid, especially the Himalayan shilajit. A lot of the Altai mountain shilajit is also processed with either harsh acids or alcohol um to make the process faster supposedly more effective but our source does it the traditional ayurvedic way with just the spring water and um kind of like filters different layers of different size filters for sediment and clay and yeah they have a very unique process for that that gets a lot of the clay out because a lot of shilajit you know is coming out of the ground and it's hard to get the clay out of it so without this certain process that they have, you're probably getting a lot of clay in, in the actual shilajit. But when it goes through that process, it essentially, you know, they gather it from the side of the mountains. It has a bunch of rocks and sediment and stuff in it. Then they dissolve it in water. They pour it through the filters a couple of times, and then they let it sit in the sun and evaporate the water. And then the shilajit resin forms on top. They scrape that off. And then, you know, all the waste or products that's not supposed to be consumed stays in the water. 
pour it in the filters and then what they're left with is the pure resin and then that's what we get yeah that sounds pretty traditional if i had to imagine people before technology and everything that would <laughs> seem like what the, what uh, what like a village would do correct <laughs> yeah. what happens to the shilajit if they do use like alcohol because you know a lot of like mushroom tincture you see tinctures all the time now that are alcohol based and they're they're still legit and uh, I don't know whatever what other process I can't remember what you said, but what happens to the shilajit if they use these alternative processes to speed it up? Yeah, I think it it kind of harms the structure of certain compounds in the shilajit. Um, the alcohol doesn't absorb all of the compounds in the shilajit. Some 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 are definitely left behind because like with herbs and mushrooms and things, there's certain constituents that are only soluble in alcohol with shilajit almost none of it is soluble in alcohol like if you put a dose in alcohol it won't just dissolve in there only a tiny bit will actually get out so with the water there's it's much more you know time consuming but much more effective process and i think the acids and different things um yeah, just overall are not ideal for this particular product. Okay, that makes sense. So with herbalism and some specific tinctures, alcohol would be the proper route for certain things. But with Shilaji, you like the more natural kind of just old school villager way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah <for sure. laughs> you like to keep, but that makes sense. I mean, it, you know, technology is not all bad. You know, we've learned how to process plenty of things um, within nature that are, could be harmful, you know, um, I know like the, you know, mushrooms go through like double and triple extraction processes now, like lion's mane and stuff to really make them a lot more powerful in what we see in like scientific data. So I don't, I don't hear, not here to demonize all technology. It's gotten us a lot of good supplements, but for certain things like Shilaji, that's, you know, 5,000 years old, maybe the more traditional way is probably the more proper way. Yeah. Yeah. I, th I think of it like, yeah, it's definitely the right scenario to do it with like a chaga mushroom or something like that, where if you were to just eat it, you wouldn't be assimilating a lot of it. Or if you were to just do a tea, you wouldn't get all the things out of it. But with shilaji, with water, you do get all the things out of it. So it's kind of like, the only thing I can compare it to is like hash. Like, do you want your you know, like your weed to be processed with all these different solvents or would you rather it just be like brushed off with ice cubes or something? You know what I mean? Yeah. I used to grow cannabis, so I've done it both ways. And uh, looking back, a lot of that butane extraction without the proper uh, filtration could have led to half of my brain fog for sure. Just mean <laughs> overconsumption of cannabis in general, I think has some down regulating effects upon your hormones when you're, you know, cannabis can be used for good benefits, but I think, I, you know, a lot of people are just overusing it in the medical scenarios because it's just legal and they can do it whenever they want. But yeah, I was, I was in like the, the wild, wild west days where like butane was brand new when we were like some of the only people we knew doing that, but we weren't filtering it off the proper way. We were like cooking it off and doing some filtration, but not like as advanced yeah. as it got. And I was literally like smoking butane. I look back on that, like, <laughs> fuck, what the hell? Dude, like, what was it? <laughs> I've made, I've made BHO on the hood of my car. So yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, you get it. You understand the deal. Use the heat to like get the bubbles out.
Yeah, we used to cook it on a skillet. Uh, like you'd have like the thing on a skillet and it would bubble off. And then we realized, oh, you can put it in to like a chamber that'll, you know, extract more of it. But we didn't have like a really good one. And then over the years, it got a lot better. But I smoked a lot of that shit that definitely had butane in it. And yeah. I don't know, I might have lost some brain cells there. The sizzles, you know, the sizzle. <laughs> definitely we're sizzling. That's crazy. Yeah. Well, at least someone's with me, you know, we're trying, we're working hard. We're taking Sheila G to try to bounce back. hundred <laughs> percent. Uh, I want to get into uh, something like, uh, have you looked into uh, like mitochondrial function for Sheila G? It seems like when I took Sheila G, I did have an uptick in energy in mood. Um, I think there's something called like dibenzo alpha pipe ropes or something, DPBs. Uh, have you looked into that, like mitochondrial function? And have you noticed yeah. that from taking Sheila G? Yeah, I think that's the main benefit. Like we were mentioning vitality. I think that is the main benefit of Sheila G. When people ask me, like, what's it good for? Um, it gives you that underlying cellular energy, like for the mitochondria where, you know, you might not be amped up like you are on caffeine, but at least, you know, if something comes up, you have the energy to do it and not kind of, you know, be sluggish or, or lazy in that way. Um, it kind of gives you that edge a little bit. So yeah, the, the dibenzo alpha pyrones, they are kind of a, a very rare, unique compound in the shilaji. Um, one of the main things I know it does, speaking of cannabis, is there's a whole article on High Times about the dibenzoalphapyrones and shilajit actually enhancing the absorption of cannabinoids because they go, they take it to the exact receptor. So you're essentially getting more out of it um, than you would without the shilajit. So people take shilajit to help their tolerance and to, um, you know, get more out of their, their CBD. Um and that's kind of one unique thing about the dibenzoalphapyrones and they definitely do they have some sort of like train function in the body where they just take things where they need to go and i think that definitely correlates to the mitochondria where you know certain you know the food for the mitochondria is getting there and the the waste is is leaving at a better more productive rate with the with the dibenzoalphapyrones. Wow, I never had heard that with the uh, cannabinoids. So you can even try to utilize that if you're doing CBD if you're not even smoking. Yeah, yeah, cool. Because I really, I really only use CBD nowadays. I don't ever really smoke, um, but I do like CBD. So when I jump back on the Shilajit, maybe I'll have to try those in combination. Totally. Yeah. Well, that's that's well, a lot of people have that have that effect and and buy it for that reason <laughs> wow so because what i would think i would like is i like to put like a cut just like a very small amount of cbd in my morning coffee just mm -hmm. to kind of like balance out that you know i i you know i blend it with fat to try to like decrease that like shock to the system that you get from caffeine but i also like to put a little bit of uh, cbd a couple drops in there and i uh, i actually when i used to take shilajit before i was doing the mineral balancing protocol um, I liked the way I felt when I took Shilajit with the coffee. Now I'm like, maybe I do the Shilajit with the CBD because I don't think I ever mixed all of it. I don't think I ever did the CBD and the Shilajit. I was like, I was doing the Shilajit. I was just looking for more energy and not like the calming effect. Yeah. But I wonder what I would feel like mixing all three of those. 
That would be a good combo, I think. <laughs> yeah, because you'd, you'd definitely get that uptick in that uh, cellular energy and the mitochondrial function. You'd get the more of a little bit of drive from the caffeine, obviously. But um, I think it would it would balance in a way that you would feel really calm. It makes me wonder if I would probably have to like really have the lowest dose of CBD, though, or I might get sleepy. Right. If the if the Sheila Jeet is going to uh, uptake the CBD in that way. So because I already only like to do like maybe like 10, 15 milligrams of the CBD in the daytime. I'll take a big dose before bed. But in the daytime, when I'm trying to focus, um, I just like a small amount. So I might even have to drop it down some more. Yeah, that would be interesting to see. I've never, never got a full like range of how much more or, or less you can take. Um with with the shilogy compared to what you would need for the same effects without it so i'm I'm definitely interested to hear how that goes yeah i have to play around with that i'm gonna get back on the for the i mean anyone listening knows i'm on a mineral balancing protocol by now i've done a ton of shows on it but if you haven't um they don't like us to be on other mineral complexes of any sort uh besides like maybe like some sea salt you know um just because it could shift the mineral patterns and you're trying to get to like a specific ratio. But once I balance out more, I do want to play around with like something like Shilajit again and do like, uh, you know, just take Shilajit on top of my mineral protocol for like the, you know, we usually wait like two to four months between hair tests and just see like if it really doesn't make it better or worse. And then maybe take it for like, you maybe do it like a six month thing. So I do like over the course of like two hair tests and just see if it really affects it that much or if it, if it doesn't really make much of a difference. Cause I do like the way I feel on the Sheila G. Um, because another thing um, that I looked into is, which I don't know if you've looked in, it's kind of like, it's almost like a nootropic uh, when you take Sheila G. And I've, I've read that it can kind of increase like dopaminergic activity and kind of decrease serotonin. And that obviously has more of like a little bit of a more mental clarity. I don't know if anyone's ever took any like dopaminergic substances, but um, you know, those help. I have a nootropic that I take, uh, for dopamine and, um, but with it also decreasing the serotonin, I feel like you do get like this smooth burst of energy that helps you focus. Yeah. Yeah, totally. One of the also good benefit of the Sheila Jeet is that mental clarity. And yeah, I think the reason why is because it helps all of the organ systems function harmoniously, more effectively and naturally. So it's not that the Sheila G has one specific action. It's essentially just harmonizing the system so that your sleep is better and your skin and hair and nails are better and your liver's functioning, your pituitary gland, and all these different things are in, in sync and able to cleanse and, and work just more efficiently. So I think that's why it would, you know, have that effect in, in your brain with the, with the dopamine and serotonin. Cause yeah, it's trying to reach that harmonious state. And I think that's more of our natural state is to be in that kind of relaxed, happy, um, you know, state of being where you can think clearly and make decisions and handle things effectively. And yeah, that's kind of what it's bringing you to naturally. Yeah, it's it's really to me. I feel like um, more of a true adaptogen. We talk a lot about certain herbal compounds, and I'm I'm not against herbs. I think 
Um, herbs are more medicinal in my opinion. I don't take any herbs usually like on a, on a regular, but I do have some in my cabinet. If I feel a little stressed or, you know, there's, you know, if I was going through, like, you know, when I was at Lyme, the herbs were really great at, you know, really targeting the Lyme. You know, I used a lot of different herbal tinctures and compounds during that. So I, I like herbs as more medicinal, but I think that the Shilajit is a little bit more of a true adaptogen simply because the minerals are a little bit more powerful, in my opinion, than the herbs. And herbs have been used forever as far as like medicine, in my opinion, but people kind of start to like feel good on them, um, you know, and they take them long term. And I think that isn't really is always the best answer. I think that minerals have a much more powerful effect. And Sheila G has this way of providing you with the minerals in um ionic form that's easily absorbed and what that and it's it has a way to just naturally balance more than like a herbal yeah yeah herbs are amazing and they also yeah have their have their purpose and have their downfall just like everything else and you know with shilajit you know it's not going to target specific things like uh like a herb would or be as powerful for certain things but for overall well-being, like filling the gaps in our, in our mineral and, and diet and all this, it's excellent. And that's why in Ayurvedic medicine, the one of the first texts about Ayurvedic medicine uh, was the Charak Samhita. And it was written in 500 BC. And it's basically about surgery, about Ayurvedic medicine, different tonics and different things. And one of the first things they wrote about as a Rasayana, the supertonic, is Shilajit. And there's a direct quote. It literally says there is no ailment that Shilajit can't fix without with the with the right dosage and with the appropriate, you know, herbs essentially and, and food, which was how they practiced their medicine with like putting herbs in their food and all this. So yeah, it's just amazing how back then even they knew and to th- how they mix it with other tonics, especially with ashwagandha, um, to help vitalize the, the body and, and balance the hormones. Pardon the interruption. I want to take a quick break to talk about gut health. With all of the research coming out over the last decade, we know exactly how important the gut microbiome actually is for our overall health. If you're anything like me, then you have struggled with tons and tons of gut issues. I grew up on a lot of different antibiotics. As I got older, I did a lot of partying, drugs, alcohol, standard American diet, yada, yada, yada. Fast forward, I had chronic mold toxicity in line. After that, I really couldn't get my gut to function properly. I spent tons and tons of money on different kefirs, yogurts, probiotics, different things that really didn't seem to work. That is until I found Just Thrive. It's a 100% spore-based probiotic that arrives 100% alive in your gut for maximum impact. It has a thousand times better survivability versus other leading probiotics. It helps support digestive, immune, and total body health. For me, it really helped to beat bloating, gas, constipation, and diarrhea. And it is even clinically proven to address leaky gut in just 30 days. So what I do is I take two caps with my largest meal and it really helps to improve nutrient absorption as well. And they are backed by a 100% money back guarantee. So for if any reason it doesn't work for you, no questions asked, you can get a refund. If you want to try out Just Thrive Spore-Based Probiotics, go over to Just Thrive Health 
and use code ITP15 for 15% off at the checkout. If you're anything like me in the health and optimization space, you're not only looking for which supplements may make you feel optimal, but also different technologies. The problem with most technologies on the market is they can really burn a hole in your pocket. If you are looking for the most affordable, but yet yet highly effective technologies to help promote detoxification, better sleep, mitochondria function, immune function, look no further than Therasage. I have their portable infrared sauna and I am willing to put that sauna against any other sauna on the market. It heats up quickly. I get an amazing sweat. I've been in some of these really, really expensive saunas and I prefer my Therasage sauna. The new addition that I have in my home is the Therasage PEMF mat. This is a game changer. A lot of people who are dealing with chronic illness and autoimmune conditions could really benefit for at-home PEMF. When you're trying to do PEMF out at a clinic, it can charge like 30, 60, sometimes $100 per session. Therasage has just dropped the most affordable PEMF mat on the market. You can use it daily. It has a TENS mat. It has red light. It's a heating pad. My wife is absolutely obsessed with this thing. It has just brought more energy, mental clarity, and all around overall well-being. I gave up my morning meditation recently and just started laying on the PEMF mat. It's such a great addition to have that with the sauna. The PEMF will help you to release a lot of the toxins and then you can sweat those out via the sauna and you will just feel rejuvenated. So if you wanna try out any of the Therasage products, you can use the code Kaufman10. I will link to their website in the show notes. They have the most amazing affordable technology biohacks on the planet. Yeah, I've heard some back and forth about ashwagandha lately. I don't know if you've seen anything about that, but uh, there are certain people saying that like they took it for a week and they like had overwhelming like negative effects that wouldn't go away even after they quit taking the ashwagandha. I don't know what it might be, um, what that kind of interaction will be, but I've kind of backed off telling people to kind of take ashwagandha for anxiety just just in case something like that happens to them. You know, so that's interesting with, so the, the, you know, with the herbs, but I haven't heard anything like that with Sheila G, which is great. I've actually heard pretty much nothing but positive responses. I don't know about you. Yeah. I mean, in five years we've sold to thousands of people and we've sold hundreds of kilos and no one has ever returned it because they felt bad only because it's been like sticky or something. <laughs> so I get sticky. I'm like, yeah, it is. <laughs> it's shilajit. <laughs> no, yeah, it definitely is. I can see the the taste and the the way that it comes in the natural form is definitely off-putting probably. That's why the, the tablets are just phenomenal. You probably sell a lot of those. Yeah, yeah, but you'd be surprised. I thought they were going to be like a clear bestseller, but it's kind of close with the with the tincture and and the resin because so, yeah some people just love the pure stuff and yeah some people love the taste of it it, it surprises me every time <laughs> i never really had an issue with it honestly but i but you know i've been vegan and everything i've ate all kinds of earthy whatever i kind of if it's healthy i'll i'll take it so i'm a little yeah. bit of a, a rare case most people are like that shit's gross yeah yeah some people think it tastes like burnt tires and some people think it tastes like a, a sm- just like 
liquid smoke or whatever that flavor is. Yeah. Why don't we dive into like the different forms and what uh, you, you know, thinks best. So you have like three different forms on your website. We have the live resin, which is like the tar type of stuff that people probably have seen. You have the tablets and then you have a really unique one that's like uh, kind of like a liquid form. But why don't we get into the different ways uh, people can take the Sheila G? Yeah. So all of our products have 100% raw Sheila G. We don't do anything to it um, other than mix it with with uh, water or glycerin. Um, and we have the raw resin, which is exactly how it comes out of the mountains, just purified. Um, and we store everything in myron glass, which is the biophotonic violet glass, so it never degrades and stays optimal. And then we have the tincture, which is with spring water and organic coconut oil-derived glycerin. So it's just the same raw shilajit, just in a liquid form, so it makes it more convenient. A dropper and a half is about a dose of 250 milligrams. For the resin, it's about the size of a pea. Um, That's about 250 milligrams. And then for the tablet, it's just in a blister pack. so convenient. It's the raw resin, just compressed and with less moisture, and a small tablet. Those are 200 milligrams. And yeah, super convenient. You just pop them out of the blister pack, swallow them. You can also dissolve them in water. You can also chew them or put them under your tongue. Um, Most people just swallow them. um, We also just came out with uh, a honey, which will launch this month. So a Shilajit honey um, that's just raw Shilajit and raw local wildflower honey from local beekeeper that we know. And then we have a another new product, a Shilajit uh, soap, which I don't know if you've tried. Yeah, um, I have. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. So we came out with a new one recently, um, a grass-fed tallow soap. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I generally <laughs> use. Totally. So super, super high-quality handmade. Um, has two grams per bar. Shilajit is actually super good for your skin as well to – cleanse, rejuvenate, moisturize, tone, um, and you won't get a full dose from using the soap or anything like that, but it's just like for, for your skin. But for the tincture and the honey, you could use as a facial cleanser. Um, and if you use a dose and you leave it on there for about 15 minutes, you'll actually absorb the shilajit through your skin. Um, the same, So you'd have the same benefits as if you were to eat it. Through, um, through your skin and there's a clinical study on that where they you know tested mice and the ones that had it topical had the same effects as the ones that got it internally um that's what also one of the great things about shilajit is that it doesn't have to be digested and then assimilated it just kind of you know goes in directly through bypassing your digestion so if you have poor digestion it helps um a lot to get these things in yeah, that, I didn't even uh, realize that. That makes a lot of sense why some people probably with autoimmune. I mean, our gut health is just wrecked from decades of standard American diet. And then once the heavy metals or the uh, chronic infections kind of build up, you that's why I think a lot of these camps um, 
they go carnivore and they go vegan and they, it's actually like a sign of, uh, you know, not being able to digest animal protein, <clears throat> especially like in the vegan community, they feel better when they don't eat meat. And it's actually not really the meat it problem. It's a sign of poor digestion. And then they're having trouble, you know, uh, breaking down the, you know, the substance itself. And same thing with the carnivore people, they cut out all the plant foods and I do think a lot of vegetables do need to be cooked to kind of um, digest them a lot better. But, you know, they cut out fruit. They cut out pretty much all food groups. And I always yeah. think that's a sign of like a sluggish uh, liver and detox system and some gut dysfunction. And there should be no reason why you have to 100% be carnivore. You know, I, I think it if, if you feel a lot better on that, you should probably look a little bit deeper as far as uh, digestive health in general and work through that. But, uh, the shilajit just being absorbed in that way is probably super beneficial because that's the biggest <clears throat> issue with people, even in the beginning of like a mineral balancing protocol or anything is we're trying to move the needle, um, on those ratios to kind of the shift the ratios in a way that actually increases electrical content and uh increases cell permeability and then obviously as you get rid of the parasites and some of the heavy metals you'll start to have better um gut function in general but shilaji not having to utilize the the process of digestion probably is super helpful for anybody who's kind of got like autoimmune or anything going on yeah 100 100 percent. it really that, it's like a foolproof way and that's actually i think why my friend got better the initial time when I got it was because um, she was she was chronically dehydrated and she had Crohn's disease and um, she yeah could barely drink water and couldn't keep stuff down and what she could keep down she wasn't absorbing so I think that's why the shilajit helped so much because it was something that didn't have to digest essentially. Yeah. yeah, that makes a lot of total sense. Um, with the honey, I want to go back to this because it seems cool. Is there any like synergistic effects there or you just thought that those were two powerful um, things that were in your daily diet? So you wanted to combine them or is there like research where they work in synergy? There's no research as far as I know. I yeah, it's more of just I love raw honey and it's another awesome way to take Sheila Jean <laughs> Um, I knew that they would be good together, but I don't, I don't have like a specific, you know, effect that, that we're going for or anything that at least I know of, but I, I feel that it definitely is, is something magical happening with the two raw products. So the shilajit though, is kind of like a tar, like a pasty substance. How are you getting it to blend? Are you using the one that's kind of like, uh, mixed with the vegetable glycerin and stuff? No, we're actually just adding a tiny bit of spring water to the shilajit uh, and it kind of makes it into a sludge and we're able to then mix that, you know, into the honey enough to where it doesn't separate and it emulsifies fully. Um, but yeah, it, we've tried just putting like shilajit and honey doesn't dissolve. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm like, I would imagine you just have a piece of shilajit sitting in the middle of the honey and it's just, yeah. We actually did like a year long test to see if it was possible. <laughs> like, to, you know, like people do like garlic honey and like mushroom yeah. honey to just like let it sit. And that did not happen with the shilajit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, I was totally like wondering like how, what did they have to do? There's gotta be something that they did. Or I was thinking that, 
the one product that we kind of skimmed over, we'll go back to in a second, is that you have like like this liquid one that has like the vegetable glycerin in it, which is cool. I actually really enjoyed that. It was super simple. You could just throw it in in your mouth or in water or in tea or something. It was really easy to use. I thought maybe you would have used that, but let's explain that product exactly because that's the only one that's not just like in its raw form. It does have some other uh, ingredients. Yeah, so essentially the same process as the honey. We just use a little bit more water because um, the honey has to have a certain percentage before it goes bad. And we did a bunch of calculations with the moisture and the ratio of how much water and stuff. But with the glycerin, it can have a decent bit more water because uh, it's it's a good, safe preservative as well. And it's essentially just the shilajit with mixed in spring water and then we add glycerin to it and we got we the first batch we ever did um i think we used like palm it was organic but it was still from palm oil derived and for sustainability and just for you know for personal preference we wanted to have the best possible um thing so we went with the organic coconut oil derived glycerin and it yeah, the only downside is that people who are allergic to coconuts can't have it. <laughs> but mm. that we have the honey and and the tablets. So yeah, no, that product's really cool. And how um, different is like a lot of the vegetable glycerins? Because I've heard it kind of demonized before. Is there like a difference between like the coconut stuff that you're using and like what you might see on some different supplements? Because I've heard it like both ways say that it is like a good preservative. And then I've heard other people kind of demonize it. So um, let people know anything they should know about vegetable glycerin. Yeah. um, Some people can have an adverse reaction. It's nothing serious. It's just mild. Um, But I do think that has to do with the quality of the glycerin. For example, some glycerin isn't even food grade. It's it's topical grade. Um, so I think it's just like the process makes it more caustic or something like that. Um, but yeah, as far as the glycerin we're using, it is food grade. It's extremely high quality. Um, yeah, it doesn't have any negative indications we've we've had with anybody. Um, So yeah, glycerin is a great preservative. It's essentially a lipid that is extracted from, from certain vegetable oils and yeah, we didn't want to support the palm oil and we weren't hundred percent, even though it said it was food grade, we just wanted to make sure like we know coconuts are, are food grade. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. And so if like, if it's not food grade, is it used from something different besides palm or coconut? Or is that like the only things you can make it from? I think there are other oils. I'm not a hundred percent because honestly, they just, they just say vegetable glycerin and I've done a lot of, you know, trying to find vegetable glycerin and the best quality and all this. And yeah, most of them don't even tell you the source. Um, so right. I, I think they are using, you know, probably like canola oil or soybean oil or corn oil or whatever they can, whatever they can get it out of, I'm sure they're using. Um, so that has its own set of problems. <laughs> yeah. See, I didn't know. I didn't know. I was like, it's like, it's super, um, 
just one of those things, especially with supplements not being regulated, but even the government doesn't care anyways, if you're eating uh, canola oil, obviously. Um, so I always wondered like what, I never looked into it, but I would see certain, you know, I listen to a podcast or something and someone would be like, oh, it's got vegetable glycerin in it, but never really like heard a deep dive on what it is. So I'm glad that you guys at least like put, hey, it's from coconut and that's what we're going to use because I think most people like coconut in general. I think it's relatively sustainable from what i understand and it's a good product i mean anything that has like coconuts in it for me is a go for sure yeah yeah a lot of a lot of herbal tinctures are made with glycerin um they can potentially pull out more things because it's a fat and Mm. that's actually something we've had feedback on is people saying that they feel it they feel the shilajit faster or sometimes more with the glycerin and I do think it was because shilajit traditionally was used um, or was taken with milk or, or ghee um, because it, I think the lipid helps it kind of go in better or assimilate better in some way. Um, but yeah, it's still, you know, just very effective without it. But I do think it has some sort of function, uh, the, the lipid. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. There's a lot of things that they say um, to take, you know, actually they, speaking of like my morning coffee, I was talking about like blending up like MCT oil or ghee or butter or whatever in your coffee, um, taking CBD, it increases the the rate dramatically with that, um, any of your like fat soluble um, vitamins. So I wonder if that's why I would feel so good when I would take the Shilajit with my coffee, because I always do blend, do bulletproof kind of style and blend the MCT in there. So maybe that was like shuttling the shilaji even further due to those like lipids. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. And traditionally it was dissolved <clears throat> in warm milk and that's how mm. they drink it in the Ayurveda um, with a little bit of cinnamon and I think ginger. Um, and I've heard from my herbalist actually that the cinnamon helps it kind of disperse in the body because it's so kind of concentrated that uh, the cinnamon kind of gets it circulating more effectively. Um, So I would actually usually do like a milkshake in the morning with with raw milk, raw eggs, honey, shilajit, and a little bit of coffee or something. And it would would bless me for sure. Yeah, that sounds like you're ready to conquer the day there. Yeah, uh, yeah, for and sure. Put some cinnamon in there and it tastes like eggnog. And <laughs> yeah. And then um, speaking of, you know, other things helping Shilajit absorb better, Shilajit itself is helps you absorb other things that you take around the same time as, you know, more have a higher absorption rate, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Or even, you know, it stays with you. So even if you, take it in the morning and it'll help you digest stuff throughout the day or assimilate it, assimilate it better. So is, is it like a smart idea to maybe take, um, I don't know, whatever you're taking your B vitamins or your organ caps or whatever people are taking in the morning, they take it with that Sheila sheet and get, um, better results from the other supplements that they're using. Yeah, that's, that's what we definitely believe. And that's how it was, you know, proven to work in, in Ayurvedic medicine. They would take it with, all these different herbs and, and concoctions to help them assimilate better. So I always take it with my tinctures, my supplements or whatever I'm doing. 
Um, I'm always ta- adding a little bit of shilajit just for the absorption. And actually, in in Russia, our source sells to to pharmacies uh, throughout Russia, and they actually will include the shilajit in a lot of pharmaceuticals and different herbal products that they make um, for prescriptions because it helps them absorb more effectively. You, you know, I, I'm starting to believe that Russia is going to conquer the world one day simply because uh, I'm, uh, they think Putin's crazy. But one thing that he does do is he um, like they use a shit ton of peptides over there for healing um, and they, you know, have dramatically lower like rates of disease and cancer and stuff. And uh, if I'm not mistaken, if this is still a thing, I think he was like transferring everything over to organic farming, like for, you know, like for he's a dictator so he can force things so yeah. there's like he realizes the the debt that comes with so many people being super sick and that's one thing that other uh, developed countries they like to, they like to profit off of that you know they're super greedy but he yeah. realizes i think you know he sounds crazy but he realizes the detriment of the the funding for that you know and so if you can if you could keep that as a nation in your pocket instead of paying for people to be sick and you know, paying for cancer treatments and everything, you could actually fund that into whatever military technology, whatever your company, whatever your country's trying to do. And, um, if he keeps going that route, I feel like, um, he could potentially dominate whatever he's trying to do over there because of that simple switch alone, because they're using these, um, these special kind of peptides that are actually in pills, pill form um the name is slipping me right now of the certain kind of peptides but they're getting crazy results and they have like thyroid ones and um, they have ones for like your pineal gland and you really you actually only take them for like 10 days and then you take like 20 days off or sometimes you only take the, the peptide for like twice a year for like 10 days and they're like crazy effective um i've heard a couple different podcasts on it and i feel like they're kind of doing stuff different and then that just kind of sparked me when you said they're using shilajit in the pharmacy that's a long shot for what america would do (laughs) yeah yeah yeah, you yeah you can say a lot of things about putin but you can't say he's not smart you know like yeah i mean he might not actually give a fuck about anyone being healthy but i think it's probably like a monetary thing he realizes when people are sick you have to spend more money on them and they can't contribute to society. So if he can force everyone to be healthy and use different things like peptides and shilajit or organic farming, then, you know, it's just a different approach. And, you know, maybe he does care if people are healthy within his continent or he doesn't, but it could be a totally just a monetary scheme of him realizing how much money he's spending on people being sick. Totally. I can't confirm this, but my (laughs) source did... tell us when we first started um doing business with him that shilajit was not able to be exported from russia it was considered a national treasure Mm. and so they it was on the banned list of like foreign customs so if you were trying to ship out shilajit in bulk they would not allow it they wanted it to like stay in russia especially during the cold war so they wouldn't like so the u.s wouldn't get uh, any sort of advantage or anything, or they would start, you know, figuring it out for themselves. Um, and also, I thought I was going to say something else. <laughs> that was funny. Um, oh, I think Putin, um, I can't confirm this either, but I, I keep seeing memes that Putin uh, banned Pornhub 
or like <laughs> from from Russia. I was like, wow, he he's on to so- like he's like he's on to something for sure. Yeah, he doesn't true. want you at home sick and you know beaten off. He wants you to be out working, serving the community, yeah. whatever way that looks like. He doesn't want you know he doesn't want a bunch of fat sick people. He wants people who can farm, you know, work, you know, and, and provide yeah. and join. The we're kind of doing the total opposite. <laughs> You know, we do the exact opposite here. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. Um, one thing I want to get into uh, with the Sheila Jeet is dosing. I see all kinds of different crazy dosing. I know what the, obviously you said with the resin, it's like a pea size and that's kind of like hard. Everyone's kind of eyeballing that. And I know you can't really overdose it. So it's cool if you do take more or less or whatever, but like, as far as like the science and stuff, like what is a good dose? Yeah, um, we've found that with a 250 milligram dose, it's enough for an average person to get a good like maintenance from Shilajit. So that's like a nice maintenance dose to just like take it with your supplements for increased absorption, better vitality, better clarity. If you have something serious going on or um, you just feel like you might be depleted or you need it or for whatever reason, like I've for a couple years I took a gram every day. Um I've taken up to seven grams in in one dose. Wow. Um it you could definitely feel it <laughs> at that <laughs> at that rate. Um but yeah the you know a lot of people a lot of other companies will recommend anywhere from one hundred to I've seen twelve hundred milligrams. And yeah, it's just there's not like a set amount because you're not really going for a set result, essentially. You're just kind of taking it like you would hemp seeds or, or fish oil or, you know, you don't want to take a whole bottle of fish oil in one day. <laughs> you want to kind of dose it out throughout the month. Um, so, yeah, for an average person, average weight, 250 milligrams is a solid maintenance dose if you're feeling sick. I wouldn't start off by taking a gram. I would start off taking a dose and working up if you're going to take more. Um, but just so your body can assimilate things better and kind of be introduced to this powerful substance. And yeah, but after, if you're feeling tired or depleted or you're sick, then are you hurt yourself or something? Then I would take a gram up to a gram, 500 milligrams to a gram easily and yeah that's a great dose anything more than that i personally think is overkill like you're just there's only a certain amount that you can assimilate and take in and and absorb in a day or in a span of time so i think yeah between you know and then if you're a child or something if then you take or you're very small woman then you might take a little bit less and that might be a good maintenance dose but it is safe in any amount and i just tell people like if they're eyeballing the jar if you got the one month supply if you finish the jar in a month it doesn't really matter if you took too little one day and too much one day it kind of evens out throughout the month to where you're constantly building up and assimilating the the benefits and minerals Cool. And so with the kids, I guess I didn't even really have that on my notes, but our kids respond really well to Shilajit as well. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It definitely helps 
just the regular functions of, of growth and of um, learning and, and interacting and yeah, especially with the joints, the teeth, um, some, my, one of my friend's kids he sent me a video and he was crying and he gave him a Shilajit tablet and he like chewed it. It's like a two year old and he just like stops crying. He loves it. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, thinks That's it's pretty candy. crazy. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, some kids absolutely love it and they like ask for it. And yeah, it has, we, we were considering making a kid's tincture. Um, but we thought it might not be the best idea because there's not enough research to be like, this is good for kids. There's all, yeah, but there's no research that is bad for kids. But if there's no research, I feel like kids are a touchy area. And we thought it wasn't a good call to just like launch a product for kids when there's zero or not zero. Like you can make deductions from the research, but um there's nothing specific on kids and it just yeah. feel K- right. kids and pregnancy are, are rough waters for a supplement company. Yeah. That's the other thing with pregnancy. That's the question we get probably more than almost every other question um, <laughs> is, can I take, I'm pregnant. Can I take this? Or I'm breastfeeding. Can I take this? And it's like, consult your yeah. physician. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you can do whatever you want. I can't legally recommend it, <laughs> yeah. but um but I know that hundreds of, of women have reached out saying that they take it when they're breastfeeding while they're pregnant. To me, it's essentially, you know, it's not like taking an herb because herbs have certain affinities or certain energetics. Some are hot, some are cold, <clears throat> some are, um, you know, drying, some are moisturizing. With Shilajit, it kind of fits all the boxes. So that's why it is Arasiana because no matter what you're, the dosha or your body type is, it's good for you. It's going to help you find that balance. So yeah, to me, it's essentially like, can you eat honey or drink or, you know, hemp seeds or like some fruit juice or some really nutrient dense food? Like then, yeah, like liver or something like it's probably, yeah, but we can't legally recommend it. Cause again, there's no actual research. Yeah, it's crazy. It's it's super like one of the most natural substances. And then you still got to kind of watch yourself just for legal purposes. Kind of crazy. It's not like it's some fringe like uh, supplement that we're making in a lab or something. It's literally just harvested outside in the mountains. Yeah, like it might as well be like, yeah, rocks or crystals or something (laughs) like. um, But yeah, it's it's funny when when people ask and i can't say yes but i don't want to say no <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah it's just like you know <clears throat> i guess like legally you could probably say hey i can't legally recommend it but i've had hundreds of women try it and they were fine i don't even that might even be tricky waters too who knows yeah it is it, it's, tricky. <laughs> it's tricky it's just crazy cuz it's like one false reaction you know, um, from a supplement company and then it's like a lawsuit and then it's like crazy or something, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's also the cool thing is that the, all the clinical studies they did on the safety of Sheila G, um, came out excellent. Like it's completely safe. The only time an animal was harmed was when they took, they put so much Sheila G into them that their stomach burst. <laughs> so. 
How much Sheila Jeet is that? To to their stomach hurts. No, to their stomach burst. No, to their burst. Yeah, I thought you said their stomach yeah. hurts. So no. wow, that's an insane amount. Yeah. So they were like, "How much?" I was like, "Why would you put more than can fit inside a mouse?" <laughs> like, what? yeah, that's overkill. No matter what, no matter you know. Of course, that's too much. Um, and yeah, I like what you said about a gram. I, that's what, where I found uh, myself playing around between like three to five um, of the tablets when I was taking it. And that's, you know, they're like 200 milligrams a tablet. And so like 600 to a gram after I had, you know, played around with the lower doses in the beginning, obviously, because although you said there's no detox reactions, if someone just takes a gram right off rip, and they're super mineral deficient and it really upregulates their, you know, mitochondrial function, there's definitely a potential that you might release some form of toxin or too many at once and your body hasn't, you know, got adjusted to that. Yeah. Yeah. It's always good to introduce foreign substances like slowly just so your body can understand it. Yeah. Well, one thing I want to touch on, uh, which I really like about your products is the purity. And, you know, as we talked about with Sheila Jeet being able to grab toxins within the body, it also can grab toxins within its environment. And I know you guys heavy metal test every um, batch even. And you have, if anyone wants to check out the website, I'll have it in the show notes where you guys can look and see all the batch numbers and all the toxicology reports. But what's some of the dark sides of Shilajit? I know the heavy metals is a big one. Is there other issues that some companies do to kind of weasel their way or make their product look better than it is? Um, as far as I know, and the, all the Shilajit that we've tested for, for our own business to try to source, which we actually stuck with the same source since we started. We haven't found a better source, um, which is amazing. But the the kind of like problem with the heavy metal thing is that I think it happened a long time ago where it was news where a big batch of Shilajit from India was stored in aluminum barrels or something hmm. like that. So it leached a ton of the aluminum into it or maybe it was lead. Um, and so, yeah, it's going to absorb that. And some shilajit could potentially form in a pocket that is more laden with lead or arsenic or, or these heavy metals. Um, but as far as every batch that we've tested for the past five years, they have all been not just below the FDA standards but below the proposition 65 in california standards which are like a hundred times stricter honestly most vegetables wouldn't even surpass i mean wouldn't (laughs) make the cut um so like a cucumber potentially has hundreds of times more heavy metals than our shilajit per dose because the shilajit is so small and people kind of get confused because they we test for the heavy metals in it you know, it says there's like point whatever parts per million. Um, and they're like, oh, this has heavy metals in it. It's like, well, yeah, but we're, it's parts per million, which is milligrams per kilogram, 4,000 doses in a kilogram. So it's like point, you know, five divided by 4,000 is how much you're getting in a dose in micrograms. And it's, yeah, significantly less than, you know, 
you could take a year worth of shilajit and it would still be less than walking down the street and inhaling exhaust. So <laughs> it's absolutely safe. Um, every, yeah, like I said, every clinical study has, has shown its effectiveness and also its, its safety if it's pure. Um, it has the potential to be cut um, with different things. We've never experienced that or found that from, and we've, we have bought Shilajit to compare from 90% of the other bigger companies um, just to see how theirs is and how it looks and how it's packaged and all this. And yeah, we haven't found any that didn't fully dissolve because that's one of the main things um, about it is the smell, you know, the texture make sure it has no sediment in there. Um, and then that it fully dissolves, that it doesn't burn and yeah, it just has this like, you know, the taste and the smell that's kind of like very telling of, of it, if it's pure or not. And we have had some Shilajit from the Himalayas that smelled really like bad, like not just like it's like Shilajit smells crazy, but this actually smelled bad. And I think it had, I think it was processed with some sort of acid that kind of left some sort of smell or something in there. Um, but yeah, as far as everything we've tested, um, we haven't had any issues, especially with the heavy metals. And yeah, every batch we, we've gotten and tested has been more than up to our standards and the Proposition 65 standards, which we would you know, legally have to put on there if we wanted to sell it in California. Um, if it wasn't, or we, we, my friend's company, they're, you know, there's like lawyers that just sit in California, order supplements, test them, and then sue the company. And it's like $250,000 to settle. So my friend's company just had to do that because they were selling online to California and one of their products happened to test more so and they didn't have the warning so if you don't have the warning and you're selling it in california you're gonna have to settle for like two hundred three hundred thousand dollars and when i found that out i was like almost like up all night like doing <laughs> like math and shit like on the <laughs> on the lap test i was like are we gonna get sued it's crazy i think that 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 proposition is definitely super strict because there was a point where I noticed, um, four Sigmatic, the mushroom brand, they had to put the the label on theirs for lead or something like that. And that's a really high quality mushroom brand. And it's probably yeah. just super hard to pass those regulations depending on the product. Doesn't mean that that proposition is so strict that it doesn't mean that that, I don't think that necessarily four Sigmatic is going to give you lead poisoning, but I guess if you are already maybe have some heavy metal issues going on, you should at least be able to, to know what you're getting into, I guess. But I think that those, those regulations are so strict and within our environment nowadays, certain products, especially like mushrooms, they're kind of like bioremediators. They, they similar to Shilajit, they'll grab onto whatever um, is in their environment. So might be super tough for certain products to really meet those regulations. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, they they took the limits for drinking water and applied it to everything, which is good, but also not smart because something, you know, 
with water, you're drinking a lot of water, supposedly, per day. <laughs> with shilaji, you're taking, you know, a little ball, like a tiny pea of it. So to have the same isn't the best, but at least now we can say we have kind of that, you know, <laughs> that thing that we can say that it is Proposition 65 compliant, which kind of takes all the worry away since it is so strict. So that's, you know, the benefit for, for us and definitely just to make sure, because I would never want to take anything that's, you know, building up in my brain or something like that. Like I would right. want to take that myself or, or sell that. So, um, yeah, it was great, great discovery. <laughs> yeah, I think I seen a post or on your website or something too, that uh, certain Shilajit places will kind of bump up the moisture content to try to sell it because it sells by weight. Is that a big issue or is that rare? Um, I think it's definitely a bigger issue, especially with the bigger brands. All of the bigger brands we've got are significantly more liquidy than ours to the point where people are sometimes surprised when they open ours. And it's not like, like ours, if you tilt the jar, it's not coming out (laughs) for like an hour. So it'll slowly come out. But um, with those, like you tilt it and it'll start dripping out. So there definitely is a factor of moisture. I don't think it's like, you know, you're maybe getting a little bit less. It's not crazy, but definitely some. And then, yeah, also with that clay process, which I rediscovered recently um, because I was talking to our source about it. And he, yeah, he was just kind of emphasizing the the gauze pads that they use for their shilajit specifically that trap the clay, um, which a lot of companies don't do. So it can be up to 50% clay by, by volume, which the clay might not be bad, but you're getting less of the actual shilajit essentially. Wow. So there's potential for the toxins, potential that half of it's clay if they don't filter out the sediments and then, some companies may be doing moisture. I was kind of thinking like, do you think they're doing it so that it's a little bit more pliable and like easy to use or it's specifically just like a money grab? I, I think it kind of goes hand in hand because I think they're watering it down so they can pump it out of a machine mm. and it can only be, you know, it has to have a certain level of, you know, viscosity to go through the machine and, we actually are currently packaging everything by hand. <laughs> so we hand wow. away everything, you know, the resin and, and put it in there. And it is painstaking. And we're actually looking for a machine um, that can pump out such a high viscosity thing out of it into a jar. Um, haven't I've gotten close, but I haven't found the exact thing. I think it's going to have to be custom made. Um but yeah, so I think it's mainly for the, the manufacturing process <clears throat> and yeah, for people to, to have ease of, of use as well, because that we don't get a lot of returns. I think we get more on Amazon because of the prime and a lot of people that get the resin, they don't know what Sheila Jeet is. They're like, this is really hard or sticky or whatever. And it is. <laughs> it is. Mm-hmm. So we're trying to make it like more clear and have a disclaimer 
So to kind of weed that out, we still don't get that many returns, but that's pretty much the only returns we do get are on Amazon, you know, from people that just can do it super easily and are just not wanting to mess with a sticky, hard <laughs> resin. Yeah, that that's crazy that you sell on Amazon because <clears throat> that's like such a big supplier and then you are still hand packaging it though. That's whatever you got going on. It's got to be insane. Yeah, it actually, <laughs> it, yeah, especially the last few months we've had to make some, some executive decisions. We, you know, my, I was doing everything logistical online and customer service and, and invoicing and everything. Um, and my business partner was doing all the packaging and the shipping. Um, and uh, just a month ago, we had to hire someone to do the shipping because it was, you know, there was, he was like packaging and then shipping. And then like, there was no leftover. We couldn't send any more to Amazon. He was working like, you know, all day, every day, unable to like get past the hurdle of, of stores waiting for orders. And we finally, yeah, got a machine that can like extract honey out of a big tub and fills the jars with the press of a button and that's super nice we also got a labeling machine because we were hand labeling everything too (laughs) and (laughs) yeah so we're kind of in that in that growth state right now where it's transitioning to, to more automatic and automated and we're actually gonna have a facility made in in january like a, our bigger facility to to house all these machines and to hire people and because yeah we we would we could sell probably two three four times as much if we could just make two three four times as much. <laughs> yeah, the growing pains. I guess it's it's a good thing and it's you know it's a learning curve as well. I'm probably I'm in for it here soon, starting up the supplement company. I already know, so I'll probably be doing some of the some of the same stuff. We've already been like, should we find should we use ship Bob or should we use something right? Like right out of like after, but we're probably going to don't use ship Bob. That's what I, <laughs> that's what the consensus is with every single person I've asked. Interesting. I asked one, one guy I won't name. And he said, he, he said it comes with some headaches, but he does use ship Bob. So he did, yeah. he did mention there's some headaches involved. Yeah. 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 Interesting. It's like a, a third party, but we've, we pretty much just hired someone to do it for us, but, there's definitely like local services in Florida that are really good too. And Cool. Maybe I'll pick your brain around that stuff too. Um, is there anything else we left out about Shilajit? Anything you want people to know about Shilajit? Um, last thing I'll say, I have this really cool book. Um, it's like the, one of the only textbooks or real like chemistry, organic chemistry books on Shilajit. And it's actually made primarily of these fossils, ammonite fossils. So these were covering the seafloor as these mountains formed. And so most of the sediment and minerals and actually omegas come from the ammonite fossils that made up the the seafloor and the ground. And yeah, it makes sense where, you know, you find like sea fossils on top of mountains because at one point it was the seafloor and yeah super interesting how it even transferred the certain omegas i think that's actually where the dibenzo alpha pyrones come from Mm. um and other than that i think we kind of covered 
everything. Cool, man. That was dope. I enjoyed the show. Uh, looking forward to releasing it. Why don't you let everyone know where to find uh, your Black Lotus Shilaji company, website, Instagram, whatever you want to plug. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's blacklotusshilajit.com. And our Instagram is blacklotusshilajit. Shilajit is S-H-I-L-A-J-I-T. And yeah, we're going to be having a nice Black Friday sale and hopefully our new website will be launched by then and some new new products will be on there like the honey and the soap. Um, so really looking forward to that. But thanks so much for, for having me, man. Yeah, man. Maybe we'll do it again sometime as you release some more products. Totally. Sounds good. Cool. Later on, brother. Stick around while I close out the show. Appreciate it. If you enjoy this show, would you please take a second to subscribe, rate, and review it for me? Also, if you'd like to know more information about Combo, personalized one-on-one coaching with me, or for upcoming retreat information, which I host with my wife, please visit my website in the show notes or DM me on Instagram. My handle over there is at Integrative Matt. Until next time, my friends.